0: When you fail or when you keep hitting roadblocks, what do you do? How many times are you supposed to get back up again and keep going? What's the number? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the RK3 show, I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3, that's me, welcome to episode 44 of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about an important topic, an important word, and that word is... Wait a minute, should I tell you the word this early? <laughs> maybe I just want to keep you around for a moment before I spill the beans. Alright, maybe I just want to toy with your emotions for a second. No, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing... Before we get to the word, though, really, I want to remind you about some of the other great episodes we've had recently. I want you to check out episode 40, the five things I learned in improv. That's a great episode. If I do say so myself, not only do I want you to listen to it, I want to make a request, download it. Then please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for it for that specific episode. If you're not sure how to do it. I've created a video about it, and the link is in the show notes, okay? Here's another episode, episode 38 with Jessica Rhodes, where she talks about growing your business through podcast interview guesting. Great episode also. Listen, take notes, and leave a review for that one. Now, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know about a super special VIP session I'll be doing with speakers and storytellers coming soon in December, We'll be doing a two-hour strategy and roadmap session. If you want to build out your entire speaking strategy, know how to book gigs, how to get moving, how to really rock out your 2020 from the stage, then you'll want to get into this session. The cost is $97, and there are only a few spots available, so head over to your2020roadmap.com. To grab your spot today. That's right. Head over to your 2020 roadmap.com to grab your spot. Okay, here's the word. Today's word is resilience. What exactly is resilience? Well, it's kind of like a rubber band. It's that snap back bounce back factor. Have you ever had the experience of a child? They don't know how to walk fully yet. They're just grabbing onto your leg and they're tugging on it and they want to play with you and you move away and they fall and no matter how many times they fall, they try to get back up and grab onto your leg and they're smiling because they want to play. They want to do something different and they keep coming back because they want to do something better. And that shows up in failure, too. There are some individuals who, no matter how many failures they experience, they keep on pushing and coming back because they're committed to something greater. Now, this doesn't only show up in some individuals. It it also shows up in organizations. My guest today, Richard Citron, has written a book called The Resilience Advantage, which talks about ideas from neuropsychology, education, the arts, sports and positive psychology, pushing all of that into practical and effective strategies for individuals and organizations who struggle with the day-to-day stresses of today's complex and challenging workplace. Just as a point of reference, Richard's book is co-authored with one of our former guests, Alan Weiss, who appeared in episode 23. I want you to check out the show notes for the link to this book, The Resilience Advantage. Let's jump into the show with my guest today, Richard Citrin. My guest today, Richard Citrin. He's got an alphabet soup of letters, PhD, MBA, Elemental P. He's got it all. He's ready to share what he knows on leadership, on resilience, on just being tough as nails and how you can make it to success. Richard, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: I am doing great, Robert. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I didn't yeah, know I had many letters, but I'll have to, uh, have to try to use all of them next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm excited about the topic that we're going to be chatting about today. I'm excited about your book. I had a chance to go through quite a bit of it, and you have you actually have another one coming out, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this first one that I want to talk about is the resilience advantage you, 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 what made you want to write a book about resilience? What, what made you think this was important enough for you to write about?
1: Well, you know, I'm a psychologist by training. And for many years I'd been telling people and talking to people about how they can better manage their stress. Mm -hmm. And one day I realized, Robert, that we don't manage stress. Stress manages us. Wow. Stress is a stress. You know, it's like gravity. You know, when you drop a pen, it falls to the floor. That's gravity. Uh-huh. When you have a stress reaction to some event outside, that's a biological reaction. You wow. don't control that. You know, if somebody cuts you off on the highway, uh, your, your heart rate starts uh, racing. You get angry. You get flustered. Uh, you don't control that reaction. That reaction is biological. It's a survival mechanism. Right. The body is saying, whoa, I'm in danger. Let's get ready for that danger. It pumps out these different hormones, and it gets ready to jump right into the action. And what I discovered was that we also have a built-in system that helps us recover from that quickly. And that Mm -hmm. reaction, that built-in response system, is called resilience. And what got me started on it, let me just share this story very quickly. What got me started on it professionally was 9-11. And 9-11 was actually the dawn of the modern resilience period. And that's why you hear so much about resilience. After 9-11, the government started to recognize that we can't control big, dangerous events from happening. We have to in- instead be prepared for them and be ready to recover quickly. And really, all these things we've seen about how government responds to hurricanes, even these recent ones that have happened or natural, natural tragedies that happen, it's the government means we have all these supplies set aside, ready to go, So in case of those events, we can respond to them. That's resilience. That's building a resilience approach into how we deal with these difficulties. And that got me hooked when I began to see how well many people dealt with these kinds of situations, even after 9-11. Wow.
0: So in the book, you talk about stress. And when we we hear the word stress, if I go to the doctor and the doctor says I'm stressed, immediately – I'm thinking about that as a negative thing. And most people think about stress as negative, but you frame it as a neutral event in your book. Tell us about why you call it neutral and, and then why do people maybe think about it as negative more, than, more often than not?
1: Well, I think the example I just used a minute ago about somebody cutting you off on the highway, or it could be getting a phone call from your boss and she says, hey, would you come out up to my office? Now, that is a neutral event. Come up to my office. It could be good, could be bad, could be nothing. Our reaction to it is what makes it stressful. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you haven't been working very attentively and your boss is calling you on the carpet, you're going to get scared. If, however, you've been working really hard and your boss had mentioned to you six months ago about a possible promotion, you might start to get really excited. So how we think of it in our head is what makes the difference. And the reason we often have a negative reaction is because of this survival mechanism.
0: Mm.
1: So, you know, 10,000 years ago, our ancestors were walking on the savanna, hunting for the woolly mammoth, but they were also looking behind their shoulder to make sure the saber-toothed tiger wasn't hunting them. (laughs) That defense mechanism, unfortunately, still operates on us today, and we're always geared towards protecting the downside, It's one of the resilient strategies we talk about, which is how do we look at the upside? How do we look at what the possibilities are? Mm -hmm. In fact, I was just talking to a client a few minutes ago, and we were talking about a promotion for her. But she said, what if I don't get the promotion uh, and they don't give me what I want? And instead, I suggested to her, what if you tell them what you want? You're bringing great value to this company. What is it that you want to do instead of waiting to see what they want to offer you? So we begin to change our thinking around focusing more on the positive way of thinking around addressing these stressful issues. It's more than just positive thinking. It's really about creating positive ideas uh, that we can generate and use in, in the workplace and in our life, quite honestly.
0: I love that. I love that. One of the things that you said that resonated just now was talking about if you know that you're working hard, you almost expect the promotion. So that's excitement. And that says to me that there's some, almost some pre-work, some, some conditioning that goes into, into the stress that we feel beforehand. So th- there's a there's a story that you tell in your book that, that speaks to this. And you talk about a speaker and I, I like speakers because we have a lot of speakers <laughs> on the show. Right. Right? And you tell the story of a speaker who had their projector bulb Blow out during a presentation. So that's one of those things that happens on right. the spur of the moment. And you're talking about we feel danger from things that happen on the spur of the moment. How can I survive? What are two or three things that I can do to survive the unexpected stress or a moment like this?
1: In my definition of resilience, I expand the definition. So it's more than just bouncing back, which is what most people think about as resilience. Mm-hmm. to say that resilience is also about how we prepare for stress, how we anticipate it, how we deal with it when it's actually happening, I call it navigation. And the right. third aspect is bouncing back or even better bouncing forward in situations. And one of the wow. ways we do this in the preparation phase for example is to think about what the minimum thing that can happen, what the maximum thing that can happen, and what the unexpected thing could happen or what the excuse me what the expected thing could happen. What do we expect to happen in a situation? In this case, with this person who uh, was a client of mine, actually, and I was attending a keynote that they did, as you said, the light bulb projector went out, and you know, we had talked a lot about how you navigate difficult situations, and part of that is being mindful, being present to the moment. You know, when people talk about doing meditation and mindfulness exercises, mm-hmm. it's not about doing the meditation. It's about being in the moment. You know, so you were telling me just a minute ago before we started that you spent the weekend with your kids, chauffeuring them around, no doubt, to watching baseball and soccer and every other sport this weekend. And one of the things that's great about being a parent when you watch your kids is you really enjoy the moment of watching them on the field, seeing the effort they make. You know, every parent has that proud moment, hopefully lots of times, and it's about being in the moment and seeing how they perform in those different kinds of situations. So we have experiences about being in the moment. We need to practice those even more. With this person on the stage, he went ahead and made a few jokes about not paying his staples bill uh, for getting the light bulb uh, working properly. But then what he did was he he essentially forgot about his PowerPoint. He put it aside. And this was a sales presentation that he was talking about. And what he did was he just started telling stories about customers. Mm. Just telling stories about where their challenges were, where their opportunities were, how he thought they should approach it, what he did to help them reach their business goals. And by the end of the afternoon, while his PowerPoint had been informative, his off-the-cuff presentation had been influential. It had been persuasive. People were sold on what the story is because people are much more impacted by their emotional response to information than they are to their factual response to information and for him it was about being in the moment and recognizing that these things happen and shifting his thinking around to telling a story instead of going with data it right. was really a beautiful display communication motivation leadership and more
0: you're listening to the rk3 show Hey there, just a quick reminder, if you haven't registered yet, go register for the web class. Five simple strategies to get paid for public speaking. You won't regret it. If you have a story to tell or expertise to share, then you need to hop on this webinar. Isn't it time you got paid for your pain? (laughs) Check the show notes and sign up today. And now, back to the show. So you talk about... The using what if and you talk about uh, preparing yourself and a lot of times people hear this and they say okay that's great Richard that I can do that if I'm sitting with you as my coach I can do that if I'm sitting in a training session or if I'm sitting with somebody else but the average person doesn't have the time to do that type of work how do you respond to somebody who says geez I'd love to prepare I just don't know where to fit it in
1: Well, you know, the opportunities happen every single day. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's not something that you have to prepare for. The phrase I use is I'm going to build it in, not bolt it on. Mm -hmm. So my preparation is not going to be a special time I have to do. It's going to be part of my daily routine that I do. It may be, uh, for me, a lot of my preparation time happens when I walk my dog in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing it anyway. Uh, Instead of listening to uh, the radio, I'm thinking about what my day might be. Uh, When I'm in a meeting with somebody uh, or at a team meeting, I'm anticipating what the discussion might be and what the possible areas for topics might be, and I'm jotting those down so that I have an opportunity to think about these things as they're happening rather than, you know, we are easily distracted. We have so many distractions, and if you – when you watch people – I was in a meeting this morning with people on a board of directors, and while several of their colleagues were speaking – people were on their phone checking their messages, Mm. which is fine. I have no judgment about that. It's just that they're not with, they're not being in the moment. And so when the conversation came around the topic that we were discussing, they couldn't speak intelligently about it. (laughs) So when you're, you know, when you're in the moment, when you're with somebody, be respectful and be with that person. We get easily distracted, particularly today, because our technology is so addictive that it creates these easily distracted moments. We talk about it in terms of driving. We probably should have, uh, you know, distractions in meetings. It's uh, not being something that uh, we really want to encourage or allow. And some of my clients have a rule against um, you know, using, using devices in meetings because you want people to be present in the moment when they're there.
0: Right, right. So one of the things that you, you're just mentioning is as a leader these days, you have, you're, so it's like you're competing against so many different things and leaders themselves are, are distracted quite often. And you've got this new project coming out called Strategy Driven Leadership, the playbook for developing your next generation of leaders. What do you see that next generation of leaders looking like?
1: Well, I think it's what they're looking for is really mm. the key key question, you know, and If you Google key leadership traits, uh, you will get 25 or 30 key leadership traits, everything from, uh, you know, honesty, integrity, uh, being a good communicator, being accountable, making good decisions. All of those things are important. Right. But the difference for us in this book is that we want leadership skills and the development of leaders to be tied to the business strategy. That's Mm -hmm. our big difference because the business strategy may change from time to time. You know, you're a, you're a speaker, you're a coach, uh, you're, a, uh, you're a podcaster. Uh, you know, there are a certain set of skills associated with that. And right. you may find that your business changes over time, it begins to morph, so that you become better known as a speaker. Right. What, are the, what are the implications of skills that you need as a speaker to drive your business to great success versus the skills that you might need as a coach. There may be a different set of skills. And what we talk about in this book is how we have to change the development of leaders, young leaders particularly, but also these um, older folks who are moving on from their roles uh, so that the skills that they develop are tied to the business strategy because that changes. And instead of just saying, here are the five skills you need to be a leader, uh, decision-making may be important, uh, but maybe you're not in a role where you're making important decisions. You're, you're, an, in, a, you're in the innovation group. Uh, you just have to come up with thousands of ideas without worrying about decisions. Mm. So, so the skills and competencies of leadership change based on what the strategy of the organization is all about. Awesome, awesome.
0: So you're t- we've been talking about preparation yes. all of this time as well. So I'm... Uh, an emerging leader or I'm aspiring to be in leadership? What is something that I can be doing to prepare myself for that role?
1: Well, the most important thing you can be doing is looking at skill development around your leadership. And when we talk about skill development, we're talking about learning, putting yourself in a situation where you can learn from experience there's a formula that's used for development of leaders, and it's we call it the 70-20-10 formula. Mm. And the 70-20-10 formula is that 70% of your learning comes from experiences you have. You right. volunteer for a project. You help with a turnaround. You learn how to be a speaker by actually doing it. 20% is through some coaching or mentoring you get from somebody. That's important. And only 10%, just 10%, Robert, comes from taking a class or going to a conference. And I'm always blown away when I go into an organization and I speak to young leaders about what their development experience is this year. And they said, yeah, my boss is sending me to a conference. (laughs) Great. That's the 10%. Where's the other 80%? What are you going to do to make the mistake to learn from experience so that you can begin to master that skill? You know, the first time you did podcasts, you probably didn't get them right. Uh, Uh, your questions were a little stilted maybe your technology didn't work yeah after four or five of them you figured it out and now you've become a master at doing it
0: yeah
1: it takes time to do these experiences and what's most important for young leaders is for him or her to put herself in situations where they can get diverse experiences whether it be as i said turnarounds could be putting running a project it could be Um, uh, taking on a new uh, innovation idea Uh, it could be leading a group that's failed could be all kind there's dozens of different experiences and volunteering putting yourself in a position for your organization where you're serving on a committee uh, around uh, diversity and inclusion or around social uh, planning the next social event for your group
0: that's awesome. Richard, this is great information. I want, I want people to get a little bit more of you and more so I want them to grab the book strategy driven leadership, the playbook for developing your next generation of leaders. Where can people find out more about you or where do you hang out online? Where can they connect with you?
1: Well, they can connect with me at dot That's my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is going to be as well as resilience advantage is also available on Amazon. So you can find it there. Uh, my, um, my Twitter handle is at Richard Citrin, as is my LinkedIn account. is also Richard Citron as well, so people can connect me there. I blog weekly. I have a weekly newsletter called Resilient Wednesday that people absolutely love. I, you know, Robert, I put it not on Monday, not on Friday, but on Wednesday because that's the day people need to get over that hump. They need a little bit of push around resilience, and I cover all kinds of amazing topics. I get fantastic feedback. I'm Uh, doing one soon on on kids. I cover kids, adults, as well as obviously workplace issues and how to address and and, um, uh, feed off our stress so that we become better and better people. We all have stress. It's unavoidable. You can plan for
0: it and minimize it, but it's a built-in part of life. It happens. And when it happens, the big question is, what will you do with it? This is one of life's defining factors. When when you're hit with the hard stuff, what will you do? Will you recoil or will you bounce back? Will you pull back or will you push through? One of my speaker friends, Willie Jolly, says a setback is a setup for a comeback. This is resilience. Dealing with whatever is in front of you with a positive attitude and knowing that it's not the end. Instead, taking that experience and using it as fuel for your next step, that is resilience. That is life. Listen, I want to invite you to go over to Apple Podcasts to leave a ranking, rating, and a review for the show. Also, head over to the other major podcast outlets, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, in wherever you listen to podcasts. Then be sure to head over to the show notes to grab the links and the resources from this episode. I hope you had fun. I hope you had fun. I really do. I hope you had fun today, and I hope you learned something. Most of all, I hope you were compelled to jump out of your comfort zone and share your story. If I can be helpful with that process... Let me know by hopping over to RobertKennedy3.com or just leave me a message at robertkennedy 3com forward slash voicemail. Hey y'all, don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy the third, RK3, and you've been listening to
1: the RK-